Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. The following message delivered by the Reverend Dr. John Guest kicks off our Lent series, which is entitled, Talk to Me. Over the course of this series, we will be taking apart and looking at the individual components of the Lord's Prayer. Here is Pastor John kicking us off as we study our Father who art in heaven. Thank you for listening. Well, that's a prayer for all of us. So let's bow our heads just for a moment and join that prayer. Join our hearts to the sentiments of that prayer. To offer ourselves over to the Lord. To let loose of whatever it is we're holding on to which holds us back. Just psychologically and emotionally and willfully release ourselves into the hands and presence of the Lord. And as we speak of praying, talking to you, Lord... I pray that you would take my lips and speak through them. That you would take our minds and think through them. That you would take our wills and bend them to your own. And that you would take our hearts, Lord Jesus, and set them on fire with love for yourself. We pray this for your name's sake. Amen. Well, the reading of uh, the temptation, the 40 days and nights in the wilderness with our Lord, fasting and praying and battling Satan in temptation, is the reason why 40 days preceding Easter, over the years, the church has created a tradition of taking that concept of 40 days and using them as preparation for the Holy Weekend of Good Friday and Easter Sunday. So Ash Wednesday begins that journey to the cross and to the empty tomb. And just as we have been teaching on prayer Sunday by Sunday, and if you're visiting with us, you are very, very welcome, and we're going to be teaching tonight on that first prayer in the Lord's Prayer, addressing our Father in heaven So week by week, we are going to take the Lord's Prayer and use it as a teaching tool for praying. In Luke's Gospel, the disciples gathered around Jesus and said, teach us to pray. And he shared the Lord's Prayer. Here, in Matthew's Gospel, which I have before me, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus begins to teach as one of his larger segments, teach on prayer. And in the middle of that teaching, gave us again what we call the Lord's Prayer. And we're not only going to teach on prayer week by week, but we are going to pray. We've already prayed here this this evening. So we've gone through the prayers that we've prayed and made our responses But listen very carefully now. We are going at the end of this sermon to gather in clusters around the the church here. There are those amongst us who have been prepared to lead those small groups and you're going to pray. You are going to pray. That is, you are going to talk to the Lord in those small groups. I trust that even in this teaching, you'll be inspired for that. I probably have scared about half of you to death right now. 
But praying is simply talking to God. On the front of your service sheet, you have talk to me. The white seat is God's seat. Appropriately, the black seat is yours. And it's as if the Lord says, talk to me. Talk to me. And prayer is simply, at its essence, talking to God. So when Jesus begins to teach them to pray, he says to pray like this, Our Father. Now in Matthew's Gospel, in what is the Sermon on the Mount, he precedes that simple address to speak to God as Father, which I should tell you was revolutionary, a revolutionary thought. We're so used to speaking of God as Father in this Christian culture of ours. But in the Middle Eastern culture of Judaism and also Islam, there is not that same sentiment. And you will look hard and long to see God addressed as Father. So that was a revolutionary thought, simply to say, Father. And to talk to him as such. But in... In the Sermon on the Mount, he precedes it, and this is good news. This really is good news for some of you here. With these warnings, the first is this. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. And he describes who they are. They love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. So their praying was a show. It was all about trying to impress people. That's not what we're about here, to try and impress people. He goes on with a similar warning. Listen to this. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father. He introduces the Lord's Prayer with this concept of Father. You go into that room and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your father who has seen what you've done in secret will reward you. So when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. We don't have to pray a whole lot of words. When you get in these groups, I'm going to ask you not to hog the prayer. Not to feel like you've got to pray for a minute or two or three. As if to impress, maybe, think you might impress the people you're with. Because Satan comes and tempts us to that kind of hypocrisy. And so we keep saying words and we mount up our words and maybe even mount them up theologically and tell God how theologically we approve of him. I hope he approves of us. It's all a very simple, straightforward business. When you pray, say... Our Father, our Father who art in heaven. Now there are two ideas conceived in that already. That the Father is an intimate, what we call imminent, up-close being. When you call him Father, when you acknowledge that he's in heaven, you think of him as transcendent, in glory. But he starts off with the more intimate Father, 
How do you think of God as a dad? My dad, this is amazing. Most of you know that my dad actually committed suicide, which makes what I'm about to tell you even all the more painful to me. When I was age seven. But I remember my dad singing over me at night when he tucked me into bed. I actually remember the song. I'm not going to sing it, but the words are these. I know why you're crying. I know why you're sad. Someone stole your kiddie car away. Time to go to sleep now. Little man, you've had a busy day. And there are other words that go with it. That was my song. My dad had a song. Can you imagine I can remember all this? He had a song for my brother Tony, who was 18 months younger than me. And his was a very famous song. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. And as I was thinking of this in preparation, you know, what do you think of when you think of your dad? And I think of my dad singing over me. And I realized, listen to these words, that God desires to sing over us. This is from the Old Testament, the book of Zephaniah. Listen to these words. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. What a happy thought to come into a presence of a dad who can rejoice over you with singing. Your heavenly father. I remember when I was uh, preaching in a church in Memphis where Martin Luther King was assassinated. And I was preaching in a large African-American assembly early one Sunday morning. I was the one white guy in the church. I was looking out at something like about a thousand black faces. And behind me was about a hundred voiced youth choir. And because the preacher, Dr. Alvin Jackson was not preaching that morning, I was. He preached my introduction. And it was pretty stunning. I mean, I could almost hardly wait to hear myself preach. (laughs) And his final words were these, having preached, you know, Dr. Gidden, what we were going to do. And this was part of a larger preparation for a citywide crusade with good news in black and white and a black preacher was going to come and preach alongside me in that glass pyramid that's in Memphis. So this was a big deal. And all the black churches wanted to know whether this white boy could preach. They knew I couldn't jump, but they wanted to know whether I could preach. And so I was invited to preach around a number of these influential black churches. And the choir was going to sing ahead of my preaching. So, in his introduction, Dr. Jackson said, having introduced me, he said, the choir is going to sing. 
And the next voice you will hear when the choir has sung is the voice of Dr. John Guest. And I'm sitting on that stage and now I'm saying, get me out of here. (laughs) And the choir was spectacular. And they had this young lady singing like another young Aretha Franklin who was like the lead voice and the choir was singing and they had motion and the place was throbbing. And that little girl who was singing had this as the primary line, the theme line of the hymn. I have a father and I know he cares for me. That was the recurring theme and she would sing it so beautifully. I have a father and I know he cares for me. And I began to weep that she had a father. She was speaking of her father in heaven. And when they had finished, the congregation went crazy. And the next voice they were going to hear was of this little white boy. And I stepped up and said, I have a father. And I'd no sooner got those words out of my mouth than the, 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 the congregation responded. Come on. Amen. Yes. I, not like you all. And I'm not going to ask you to practice that either. I have a father and I know he cares for me. And I told them a number of things that they could never have guessed that my father died when I was seven that from that moment on we were poor that I remember going to school in girls shoes that I couldn't get into the school soccer team even at that little age because we couldn't afford soccer boots and I told them a number of other things and I said but there was a night in London when I was listening to Billy Graham, an American, preach, and I asked Jesus to come into my life and surrendered to him. And I said, that evening, I knew I had a father who would never let me go, never disappear on me, a heavenly father, my father, our father, And by the grace of God, coming from an irreligious background as a family, I began to talk to him as a dad. I would be walking down the street and in my mind talking to him. I talked to him about my dating, my soccer, now as a grown young man, then as a grown young man, to have a father to have been born again spiritually into a family. I want to take you to Romans and chapter 8, where Paul, a Jewish rabbi who met Jesus, and the Spirit of God entered him, and he was made a new creation. And this is what he came to understand brilliantly. And he puts it in these terms. This is verse 14 of Romans chapter 8. 
because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, daughters of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but listen to these words, but you received the spirit of sonship. A better translation actually is adoption, which is the old translation. A spirit of adoption. And by him we cry, that spirit, Abba. That's like dad. That is the word simply for dad. Abba, father. And the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now get this, when Jesus said to call God Father, it was Jesus who was literally the Son of God, who knew God intimately as a Father. That's who's doing the teaching. The one who really knew the Father as his Father and called him Father and loved to spend time with his Father and entrusted all that he had as a human being in the flesh to his Father. That Jesus is the one who is teaching us that we too can call God Dad, Father. Entering with us, bringing us into the privilege of that intimate, personal relationship and to be adopted into the family of God. This actually goes on to then describe us as joint heirs with Christ. Jesus willing to share with us all the magnificence and glory and power and access and intimacy with his Father by teaching us how to pray and calling him Father. Does God's Spirit, as I'm teaching and just speaking what Jesus is teaching us how to pray, does God's Spirit witness with your spirit that you really are his child, that he loves you as his son or daughter, that you are precious to him, that he longs to have you come and talk with him and just share your heart with him. Tell him how your day has been. Tell him what's going on. All the simple little ups and downs of your life. And by the way, it's in this same chapter that he goes on to say, don't worry about food. Don't worry about clothing. That sounds like a command to me. I began to wonder whether worrying is sin. Maybe it is for us who say we know and love Jesus. Why not worry? Because Jesus goes on, and it's Jesus teaching. Because your Father knows what you have need of. Even before you ask, He knows who you are like He knows the sparrow in the tree. The very hairs of your head are numbered. Can you add any measure to your life simply by worrying? Do not worry, said Jesus. And in the same context, he doesn't just say don't worry. He gives us the teaching that the Father is there 
And the Father cares, and the Father knows who we are, so that we can share with him. To be able to come to him and say, Daddy, and he has adopted us. I think you know that we have four daughters, my wife and I. But one of them is adopted. She came into our family when she was 16 years of age and we already had a couple of little girls, maybe about six or seven years of age. Do you know what used to thrill me? Well, the first time it happened, it really rocked me. She introduced us to a family who were friends of hers and she said, this is my dad. She referred to Kathy as her mom. And how thrilled we were. This is my dad. For us to have that kind of relationship with the Lord, that we're happy to tell people who our dad is, our heavenly father. And I remember on one occasion, that adopted girl became a thoroughgoing believer in Jesus, got involved in student ministry, was teaching kids up in New England on one occasion at a camp. And somebody called and told me about her sermon, her her teaching, these youngsters. And this is what she taught them. She taught them that she had been adopted into our family and we took responsibility for her. Have you any concept of God taking responsibility for you? The price he has paid that you might be adopted was his son. So to be able to come into his presence and simply say, Our Father, and share with him, whether it's a prayer of gratitude, a word of thanksgiving, thank you, Dad. We're going to divide up into groups now and put this to work. You're going to have a little group meeting with Daddy. Now there's a thought. And we have scattered throughout the congregation here people who will help you get that done. Will those of you who have the big white envelope please stand and hold up that envelope. Look around you folks. Gather half a dozen, eight of you, where they are. You may be seated. I'll have you to stand again in a moment so that people can come to you. One other thing is going to happen. Pastor Barry is going to lead us in Holy Communion. And those leaders are going to come forward and receive communion first at the rail. And they look at, you can't see it now, but at the front here are lots of little chalices and plates with bread on, wafers. And they are going to come and bring them back to your little group. And Pastor Barry is going to say the words of the Last Supper. And you are going to pass the bread around and then... When he says of the cup, drink of this, you'll pass the cup around one to another. That's all going to happen in the next 10 or 15 minutes. So I'm going to pray with you right now. Bow your heads with me. And let's talk to God as, I'm not trying to be cute, but as dad. So we pray, dad, heavenly dad, thank you for being our dad. Thank you for the cost of our adoption into your family. Thank you for the privilege of your Holy Spirit dwelling in us and bearing witness to us 
internally within, within our souls, within our innermost being, that you are our dad. And one by one, we are your children. I'm going to pray a prayer, just a little prayer out loud, which I want you to pray after me, just to get yourself talking to the Lord as dad. So say after me, but speaking to our heavenly father, say after me, dear dad, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting me to talk to you. Thank you for wanting me to share my heart with you. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Amen. Now, one last thing before you join in those groups. Isn't it interesting that Jesus taught them to say, Our Father. We just talk to him as my Father, each one of you. But to be our Father, we are his family, brothers and sisters. So in that spirit, I'm going to ask you to move around and get done what you have to get done in order to be clusters around our leaders. So leaders, please stand again.